The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. senses and challenge your beliefs a world where science and religion clash or do they you will meet real people and hear real stories but you will not believe you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds but you will not believe this is the new england ghost project welcome to the nightmare good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles international I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, the England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick. And with me all the way from across the pond is the quite rude Mr. Parascience, Steve Parsons. Well, that was probably one of the longest drawn-out intros I've ever heard from you. I take it you're on form tonight, then. Wah, 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 wah. You're turning into a woman. You changed the um, title back. It was Ghost Chronicles English edition last week. Why are we back to Ghost Chronicles International? Really? I didn't do yeah. that. You did. You must be uh, seeing things I had all again. new T-shirts made and everything. Uh, you must be uh, seeing things again. Been dipping into the sherry, I guess. Mm, you know me in the sherry. Anyways, this is Ghost Chronicles International, not English, right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And, okay, we have an unusual guest today, which is, I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I've been looking at her websites, and uh, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical about this whole thing. I think, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, uh, we've got tonight's guest, um... Tonight we're joined by Hayley Stevens, who's uh, over here a very well-respected uh, paranormal blogger, investigator, and uh, I guess paranormal commentator. Um, her blogs are read widely and extensively. Uh, she's also a seasoned veteran speaker at, at numerous conferences, uh, and. Uh, I think we're on the same panel later later in the year, so welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, Hayley Stevens. Oh, thank you. You're making me blush, Steve. Very kind <laughs> words. I, I mean, you sound, like, you sound like a teenager. I mean, have you that much experience? <laughs> I'm 26, um, and I've been kind of investigating ghosts since I was about 15. So uh -huh. only about a decade or so, but a little bit. Well, I mean, kudos to you if if that you're on panels and everything else, and you're only 26 years old. I mean, that's that's quite impressive in my book. I mean, I'm 108, oh, 108, and I'm just getting asked. <laughs> well, I just I don't know really how it all came about. I just 
started blogging and then a friend of mine did a podcast or he started a podcast and asked if I would get involved and I said yes um, and it all just kind of went from there really I think once people started listening to that podcast um, they kind of started reading the blog and more and more people read the blog and it just kind of spiraled uh, wildly in front of my eyes <laughs> and it's just kind of gone from there. So you mentioned a podcast. Is is the podcast still available, and how can people listen to it? Um, it's not still being produced now. It was called the Righteous Indignation podcast, and it ran from about 2009 to 2012. Um, the back catalogue is online. Um, you can find it on my blog, um, hayleyisaghost.co.uk, um, and I think there are plans to get it on its own independent site at some point. It's, it's still on iTunes and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we stopped that uh, last year. Um, but it was it was good fun whilst it lasted. Okay, and uh, you know Steve has been excited about having you on, and I'm not quite sure why this enthusiasm because we have many people on, but he seems really enthused about having you on, Haley. And, and Steve, why is that? Uh, because I'm always very much the spoil sport on this radio show. Um, always the one that has to come up with the spoil sport explanations and the common sense. And it's just nice to have somebody else on my side for a change. Yeah, but I'm the, I'm the ugly American, so give me a break for that, you know. Well, there's not much we can do about you being an ugly American, but um, it's just it's nice for, to have... You haven't seen him, Hayley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice to have somebody on my side for a change, another spoil sport. A spoil sport. Now, now spoil sport, I'm not quite sure what you mean. So uh, are you saying that, I, I don't know, Haley, what do you believe? I mean, what, why is he calling you a spoil sport? I think it's probably because when it comes to paranormal stuff, whether it's news stories or you know, people's experiences. Um, I kind of like to think that I take a more rational approach rather than a biased approach. Um, I mean, when I first started as a paranormal researcher, I took a very much... Uh, I, I kind of relied on a lot of pseudoscience, and, and then uh, a while ago I stopped doing that, and I, I think I take a more uh, rational, sceptical approach. Um, and a lot of people can see skeptics or non-believers um as spoil sports um they they think a lot of people think um that we can be close-minded um that we're naysayers we're just out there to kind of debunk everything that anybody throws up really um and that's not necessarily the case but i can definitely see that that might be why they they think that we're spoil sports it's a badge i wear with pride <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, I understand why people who uh, go into the paranormal, they've had some experience in their life, They're, they have some beliefs, but someone who is a, a poo-pooer, well, what is the purpose of it? I mean, is they just full of hate that they want to destroy other people's beliefs? I mean, why, why that route? I know. I, I can understand um how some people who describe themselves as sceptics do come across as just very, very rude and closed-minded and not at all interested in what other people have to say. And, and I don't think that's very curious. And 
I I really don't know why they they feel like that. Um, I mean, I think I'm quite even though I'm a non-believer and a, and I go to skeptic conferences and I speak in front of skeptics, um, I still think um, I'm quite sympathetic to those who believe paranormal things and you know alternative um, beliefs because uh, I used to believe in loads of alternative ideas that I, I slowly lost my belief in so I, I understand what it's like to, to believe in these weird things and yeah I, I, I don't know why people are so dismissive I think it's because maybe it's never been a part of their reality um, these things have never seemed real to them so they can't quite accept why other people or how even other people would believe in these things maybe it's just a kind of ignorance I don't know so you 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 are basically a uh, art skeptic, I guess you would say, because you you tend uh, to look for non-belief rather than belief, correct? Yeah. Um, well, I I think it's probably a more practical style of skepticism rather than a a, a scientific or, or anything like that. Because when somebody has an experience, I, I kind of try and look at the bigger picture um, rather than saying this can't be paranormal, paranormal so because A, B, and C. I think, well, it's I, probably not paranormal, um, but what could be the cause? And, and I find it really interesting to try and look at a case and, and go into the layers, really, and get the backstory before... I kind of pass judgment on something and I think especially now that we have you know the internet and 24-hour news coverage I think a lot of people are quite quick to cast judgment as that something's a hoax or um, something's not paranormal or there's no no point listening to this person or that person because that idea is stupid I think it's it's better to take a slower kind of approach to things um, and I, I have been over over the years quite defensive of of those that put out strange ideas or paranormal claims uh, on my blog, and I do get a lot of grief from other skeptics who say that um, that I'm being like intellectually dishonest or you know just too soft, really. I'll give you a break. Yeah. You know, it, well, it, it, you know, I I really do uh, applaud you on that approach because. Thank you. People, I agree with you, they are too quick to judge. I don't know where we receive that from, but they're very quick to, to judge. And yes. I don't believe that that's either scientifically or anyway to be, you just, you have to know all the facts before you can make a, a judgment, at least in my opinion. Exactly. And I mean, one of the the greatest examples recently of people being really, really quick to judge, well, I say recent, it's last year, um, it was with Bonessi, was it last year? It may have been the year before, I don't know. Um, the Bonessi Lake Monster here in England, in Windermere, there was a photograph that emerged of these weird humps in the water. And left, right, and centre, skeptics were saying, "Oh, it's a tire. Somebody's cut a tire up, and it and it's fake." Um, and I thought, "Yeah, that that does make sense." And I found myself kind of being caught up in because it's easy to jump on a bandwagon like that. But when I actually visited Windermere and I looked at the lake and I looked where the photo had been taken, I thought. There's no way that you could cut a tire and drag it through that water and fake a ghost, um, a monster photo without somebody seeing you. And actually, when you cut up a tire, it doesn't float like it did in, in the, the photograph. But if you asked 
any, you know, if you asked a number of rational people what they thought that photo was, they would have told you that it was a tyre, but they had no way of kind of proving that or they had no reason to, to back that that assumption of theirs, that conclusion of theirs up. Um, and I try not to jump to those conclusions anymore. I, I kind of took a step back and realised that I too was being irrational by dismissing it as a hoax. So I kind of try and, and strike a balance. And I think it's difficult because it's a natural response of ours to jump to conclusions about things. Um, so we're kind of going against human nature when, when we try and, and step back from that, I think. And I, I think I'm guilty of that myself, Haley. I, I, as a paranormal investigator and lover of the strange, uh, you know, it, I look for evidence of the paranormal. I could get it, you know, and the perfect uh, picture of a paranormal would be a person that looked like you and I. Um, in that perfect ghost picture, you know, there, there is the, the real proof of it. And I remember someone sending me a photograph and uh, saying, oh, I got a great picture of a ghost. Would you look at it? And I looked at it, and there was nothing that I could see paranormal on. So I said, I'm nice. And she said, you don't see the ghost? The little girl. She wasn't there when I was there. And, and the picture was true to life, a little girl that looked like a little girl. But yet she tells me 100% that that girl wasn't there. She didn't cast a shadow or anything else, which was interesting. But be, even though I was open, I still was jumped right away and said, no, I don't see any ghost. I don't see anything. That's a girl, you know, because it was too good. Um, so I think yeah. human nature is we're all quick to judge in so many levels. Definitely. Um, and again, though, with, with a photograph like that or, or a, a video or whatever somebody might present to you, when you have to go on their word and you, you don't have all the available facts, it can be um, very attractive to just dismiss it. But uh, at the same time, it's, it's also quite um, tempting to also accept it and accept their word for it. And, and it kind of, it's really easy to go down either of those really irrational paths of thinking. The problem is it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare scenario when somebody shoves a camera um, or a photograph in your face and says, yeah. there you are, you're the expert, tell me what that, what that is. <laughs> because, they're, because they're demanding an instant explanation without you knowing all of the circumstances. Um, exactly. You know, and it, what they really want you to tell them is what they already know. And if you, if you contradict their already uh, preformed idea of what they've taken a picture of, you're going to end up in an argument. So yes. it, it's often easier just to, particularly with things like orbs, um, it's okay. often easier, I've found. I thought uh, this just was a no orbs, orb, Steve. Uh, well, I thought we'd have, I thought we'd have a, a, a little O moment. Um, okay. It's often easier for me just to turn around and say, yes, that's what they call an orb. Uh, they're happy. I haven't ha had to engage them in 15 minutes of discussion and debate about dust in the air um, mm. and everybody goes away relatively intact yeah yeah I, it's a cop I found out it's a cop out <laughs> it is but it, sometimes it's the easier thing to do i do talks um at events in england called skeptics in the pub um which is exactly what it sounds like skeptics talking in a pub um and at those events i have so many um, it, you do your talk and then there's a question and answer session at the in the second half and I have so many people in those Q&A sessions who have 
have beliefs um, or they have what they think is evidence and, and they want me right there and then in front of a room full of people to tell them what it is. And it could be something like, 10 years ago, I was walking down the road and such and such happened. It's like, do you really want me to give you an, an opinion on that? That's completely subjective. There's so much wrong with it. But I have found just saying I genuinely don't know. Um, but I found the downside to that is that then some people go away and say, haha, I stumped this person, yeah. so therefore I must be right. <laughs> You've just validated just, their claim. <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating. But yeah, it's, it's again, it's knowing what to say. You, do you get into a confrontation there and then with somebody you don't know? Uh, you don't know how they're going to react. Um, or do you just kind of take the diplomatic route and just kind of put your hands in the air and say, who knows, you know? And I do I think, think that second option is easier sometimes. Yeah, I, I've, I've learned from bitter experience that the cop-out option is, is often the safest option. Uh, yes. In, in terms of my own peace of mind and in terms of getting home at a reasonable time. Yeah, and it depends on whether you have a good escape route right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you, I mean, you have, you consider yourself a skeptic, I assume, then, right? Because you do skeptics right. in the pub. So, I mean, but do you see, if you came across evidence, I mean, you believed at one time, uh, mm -hmm. for whatever reasons, could you ever go back to the dark side again? <laughs> to the dark side? Hmm. <laughs> well, I do hear they have cookies. Or the light side, depending um, on who you're talking to. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, if I think if evidence was provided that undoubtedly showed that there was something to somebody's claim, then I would definitely consider it. Um, but I mean, I mean, this is probably really deeply philosophical, but I personally, I know what a ghost is supposed to be. Um, I know it's meant to be like, you know, the spirit of a deceased person, but I don't know what the qualities of a ghost are. So you can ask, you know, you could go to a paranormal conference and ask a selection of people. And some people would say to you that um, orbs are evidence of ghosts. Somebody else would say they're not. Somebody would believe maybe that electronic voice phenomena is evidence. Other people wouldn't believe that. And I find that kind of conflict of ideas quite difficult to kind of... I think it muddies the water slightly because there's no, there's no kind of net that you can, you know, there's no bottom layer that everything can fall to and you can say this is definitely um, what would qualify as evidence of a ghost. So um, although I would definitely con I'd consider everything, you know, for it for, at face value, um, I don't know if, if it would automatically make it a ghost. I it's really difficult. I mean, I would love to be able to say that I genuinely believe that ghosts exist. I think that would be fascinating. And I think it would lift the lid on a lot of strange things that happen in, you know, around the world. Especially, I mean, I have quite a love for English ghost folklore, but, you know, all around the world people have these strange experiences. But I'm just, I'm, I would love that, but I'm just not willing to make that jump without really, really strong reasoning and real strong evidence to support it. I know. I mean, that, but that's the problem. Do you think that, be, you know, especially, I mean, I deal with the paranormal, so do you think that I'm in a field that is non-provable? There is no evidence. It's almost uh, uh, as a religious experience where it's more on belief than there is evidential. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously I haven't seen all the evidence that exists in the world. I know um, from my personal um, 
through my personal experience, I haven't seen anything that convinces me that there's such a thing as ghosts um, or that, you know, UFOs are alien spacecraft. Um, other people, obviously, could have a look at the same stuff that I've seen and come to a different conclusion. Um, I don't think necessarily that it's unprovable. I mean, it's always worth questioning things. It's always worth investigating because... You know, this this is the thing that annoys skeptics when I when I talk because people have generally strange experiences. They have them. I've had experiences that I can't explain, and I think that those experiences are worth listening to. And I think they're worth, if possible, it's worth investigating them and and looking at them and getting to grips with what happened to see if we can work out what the answer is. And I think most paranormal researchers ghost hunters whichever term that you know they choose to refer to themselves as i think most of them have that common goal they want to know and um and i think that's why paranormal research definitely is valid research um but obviously you you get the bad researchers and the good researchers and the bad methods and the good methods and it it all kind of confuses it a little bit but no I, i don't think paranormal research is is an unprovable field or you know a pointless thing to be involved with at all Okay. Hayley, what do you think of the way forward? How, you know, we've, we, we're both aware of the problems within the paranormal investigation field and also the, mm-hmm. the long-standing inability for academic research to truly uh, engage with paranormal or spontaneous case investigation. I mean, is there a way forward? Can we engage with the academics and can we, to some extent, change the methodology of as amateurs yeah i i don't i like to feel that there is a future that kind of involved um hello i think we just skyped out there just give it a minute do we lose it uh looks like just chat amongst ourselves for a moment till Haley comes back oh that's a shame it's just doing to reconnect now. Okay, cool. Uh, we're, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel and Beyond with Mr. Parascience himself, Steve Posens, and New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kulik. And our guest has been Haley Stevens. It's skeptical. Uh, I don't know. What do you call her? I... A skeptical researcher, but then skepticism is a good is a good and healthy thing because we have to, as Haley's already said, we have to consider, you know, every possibility. Now, yeah, Haley did say she's a non-believer. She she, uh, I think, goes a little further than I do. Um, I'm, I, I I want to keep uh, sort of just uh, waiting for Haley to reconnect because. There's, uh, I don't want to spoil the debate, but um, we do differ. Uh, we're both, I would call myself sceptical, but I would also be more inclined to the possibility of a paranormal uh, explanation um, because there is certainly compelling evidence for uh, instances where the normal Hi. explanations... Hiya. She's Sorry back. about that. <laughs> it's all right. We were just chatting amongst ourselves, waiting for the reconnect. Um, okay. Um, we were talking about, oh, whether academics yeah. and amateurs. I mean, it's a difficult question to answer because 
I've only been researching for about 10 years or so and you know for the first two or three of those I was <laughs> completely running around in circles like a, a muppet um so I'm you know I'm very aware that I haven't been around and doing paranormal research as long as a lot of other people have so I don't have the same experiences with academics as, as others do um and I know that a lot of people have negative experiences and and I know that's you know one of the reasons that a lot of people hate skeptics um, because they feel that their experiences um, are just dismissed when when they should be potentially researched. Um, so I, I hope that maybe there there is a chance uh, for academic research to look at at these experiences. But I think also I think they do, I think there is academic research into this um, into psychic experiences, for example, um, and. But yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. There's always always a chance for to thing, for things to work a little bit better. I, I, well, I mean, from my point of view, I, I find that most uh, parapsychologists uh, almost never go near spontaneous cases. I, and I've always wondered whether it's, I mean, are they just simply afraid of the dark or is it because it's a funding issue? Uh, you know, they, they tend to stay, stay, you know, within the laboratories researching the different uh, psi questions relating to yeah. mediumship and tele, uh, telekinesis and clairvoyance, clairaudience, all that sort of stuff. But you know, they, they don't tend to, I, I know, you know very few parapsychologists who will consider spontaneous case research to be valid. Um, Is that because I, it's, they don't think it's valid science or could it be, like, like you said, funding and ethics? I think it's a mixture of both funding and ethics, but also I think paranormal investigation, the ghost hunting side of it, uh, has sort of shot itself through both feet because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we're, we're not the sort of, in the main, we're seen as a, as a group of fringe hobbyists uh, and people, you, you know the sort of people we have uh, within this uh, within this sphere of interest and they have yeah. some very strange ideas and who can really blame the academics for steering well clear? Exactly. Um, but that diminishes the, the fact that there are some absolutely brilliant researchers, amateur researchers, who are doing you know, val valid research uh, without mm -hmm. the support and encouragement of, that they need from academics because this is a multidisciplinary approach, in my opinion, the only way forward that, uh, for it to work. You know, we've got to take it forward with, with not just psychology but with sociology, with history, with physics, with a whole raft of uh, support that we, that we need for these uh, problems that we're facing with spontaneous research. Perhaps the the solution, uh, and it's something I've blogged about recently, the fact that um, paranormal research is a, a wider community. I mean, I know there's lots of, you know, factions within paranormal communities um, and lots of fallings out and so on. But as a whole, with the, the way that we're represented in the media is by the fringe of paranormal research. So we are a fringe group, but we have a fringe of our own. And they tend to be the ones who make the, you know, the wild claims of exercising 50 ghosts from one house and, <laughs> and naming no names, of course. Um, and the whole you know, the UK realised who you were talking about. <laughs> well, if they if they don't know who I'm talking about, they can do a, a search on my blog and they'll find a lot about that. Um, 
<laughs> and it's these people that are representing paranormal research. So when someone who's never had any dealings with paranormal research looks at paranormal research, that's what they see. And when you tell people, I'm a paranormal researcher, and, and I, I'm quite proud of being a paranormal researcher um, because it's it's fascinating, I think. Um, but when you tell people that that's what you do, they, they think you're crazy and they think that, you know, you, you do all these weird things that these, these people in the newspapers do. And, and that simply isn't the case. And I think maybe well, that's actually, also... Haley, you want to hold your breath for a minute because we have to take a break. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Bossens and Ron Cole. And our special guest has been Haley Stevens. And we'll be right back after the following message right here on Pararex. So Welcome Jack, to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like, uh, Beyond Bizarre. And cemetery tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And hopefully we're back nearly live um, on Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Polek, New England's, what, what, what are you this week, own Van Helsing? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And our very special guest, Hayley Stevens, who describes herself as a sceptical researcher and is giving me a break for the night by acting as the standing scapegoat. The standing scapegoat <laughs> for all of Ron's questions about why does this happen? So I'm and having a night off tonight. And you'll listen live right here on Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Tojinet, and beyond. So, yeah. Haley, young lady, I cut you off in mid-sentence, and I can't, for the love of me, remember what you were talking about. I, don't know if I can't remember bad. either. Oh, I think it was about how the people that represent paranormal research in the media aren't necessarily oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best. Yeah. And, and how that could also affect the reason. That could be why people don't take paranormal research seriously. It's not just the media, though, is it? Paranormal... Uh, I, 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 I have a problem with this word paranormal research because, obviously, it, it's appropriate, but I think it's too broad a term. Um, yeah. You know, paranormal investigators look at UFOs, aliens, big cat, lake monsters, I like ghosts. I paranormal investigating myself. I well, I, I tend to be a little bit more... Uh, I, it's, it's a term I, I, I don't really feel comfortable with, but... Everybody knows what we uh, were referring to, but I think it's just badly portrayed in the media in general. Because you know, if we if we look at all of these television programs that that relate to the paranormal, to ghost hunting, it always you know look at ghost adventurers, uh, look at most haunted, look at ghost hunters. You know, it's it's just. Yeah. It's just not real. It's just not how it really is. But the problem is, because of those programs, the public's perception of spontaneous case researchers of ghost hunters is exactly that. When you visit a client, if you don't arrive wearing body armor and you know, carrying a, you know, the latest high-tech flashing <laughs> dismos, they... Yeah. they you haven't got the hocus pocus factor. You know, you're you're not doing the magic. You, they just don't have any belief in you. Uh, you know, if you are, if you turned up wearing a body uh, body suit with your group's logo emblazoned all over it and carrying you know, a box full of uh, high tech looking equipment, you do have that. Uh, it's almost a. Uh, like an electronic wizard. You, you know, pulling you know, this, these, these magic tricks out of the, out of their boxes. Uh, I used to be just like that. That was that was what I used to do in, in the first few years that I did paranormal research, ghost hunting. Um, but back to to your point about the, the phrase paranormal researcher, I think most people use it, or at least it's something that I use because it explains to people easily exactly what. I do. Um, so when when you say to someone I'm a paranormal researcher, they know that you research paranormal. Um, if you the one I have a problem with is ghost hunter, because um, I mean I get called a ghost hunter all the time. Like if if I speak to the media as a paranormal skeptic, they they always describe me as ghost hunter, and it just brings up these visions of someone chasing ghosts with nets. Um, and then having like all these empty plaques on the wall um, at home in their, their trophy room. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the label thing is, is really difficult to get right, I think, because on one hand you're too broad, but then on the other hand it sounds kind of sometimes it can sound silly and, and, and pompous if you if you get too specific, you know. 
That's probably do differ because I actually like the term ghost thumbs. I guess it's old fashioned, um, and it was it's specific to to exactly my area of interest. We did yeah. try a couple of years ago to introduce a new term because we've got ufologists and cryptozoologists, and we wanted an ology of our very own. Uh, right. So we had we tried we did try to introduce manisology um, to be specific <laughs> or ghostology. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, it didn't fly. You're absolutely right. Um, so what, you know, I'm quite happy to call myself a ghost hunter. I know it has connotations, but I, 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 I also myself, use terms. I, Sorry. Uh, at, at the skeptic conferences and so on, I refer to myself as the ghost hunter who doesn't hunt for ghosts. Um, because <laughs> it's it. Ghost hunter tells people exactly what to do, um, but I think I—I I don't know. Maybe I just don't like it because I've been laughed at so much by skeptics who think that I, I go looking for ghosts. You know what's interesting, Haley, is I really don't care what they call me because, you know, I'm interested in doing what I'm doing, and the way I'm yeah. doing it. And to me, I'm true to myself. And I, I, you know, you can call me whatever you want. If you don't like me, you can call me whatever. If you like, you can call me what. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I can consider myself, I guess, as a uh, skeptical believer in that I do believe in the paranormal. I mean, the end ghosts and spirits. Um, but I'm always skeptical. I believe in a lot of things, but I'm always skeptical. I mean, you've got to prove it to me. You've got to, you know, yeah. I've got to find out for myself. So that's the key. When I when I first started doing this, it was like so important to me like okay i'm going to find out uh evidence whether spirits exist or they don't exist and and prove to the world and i i realized that you, you know you there are certain people on both sides that no matter what you came up with they wouldn't care one way or the other they're still going to believe on believing what they believe in so i no longer do that i just do my research if, if you want to call that research or whatever i do and um uh, I present it, and it is what it is. You take it for whatever you want to take it. Uh, but yeah. to me, I'm, I'm proving it to myself rather than the world. So. Yeah, but Ron, you've just uh, you've just done something that I, I guess is is my least favorite question. Um, I guess. Because, I don't care. <laughs> because every 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 time we we do interviews, every time I speak to the media or or, or yep. whatever, you have to define your belief. Uh, as a starting point, you know, whether you're a skeptic, a believer, a believing skeptic, a skeptical believer, a sensitive, a developing yep. sensitive, yep. we la <laughs> we 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 stick ourselves with these damn labels. You know, it, yes. it's well, it's not that we stick. I mean, we you know, give oh, I'm a believer. Oh, I'm a skeptic. Well, I'm a skeptical well, believer. It's just a yeah. we're given those. So you 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 have to be something. So no, you it's don't. The term that you you pick that would be most. Uh, fitting for you, I guess, is, is what you say. I mean, it, it's all shades of gray. It's not black and white. We all know that. And yeah. Haley knows that and it's more than anyone, I think. I think the, the problem also, um, like, from my my point, from my experience as a skeptic, um, mm -hmm. I try and, and define myself. I try and get across the point that, you know, although... I, I'm skeptical. I I'm open-minded because there is this belief that if you're a skeptic, you you're close-minded. But obviously, as you just pointed out yourself, you can be a believer and still be a skeptic. Every everybody's a skeptic. You know, there, there are people that 
uh, I think the majority of people listening probably don't believe in unicorns. And if I told them unicorns did exist, would be skeptical. They want to know how I knew that. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who would just accept that, but that's a different story. Um, but don't so we, we all, all want to ske- believe in unicorns? Sorry? But don't we all want to believe in unicorns? Well, not really. I think the idea of horses you, running you around with horns on their head is a little bit scary. Oh, Haley, you wouldn't want to see a unicorn. No. I think that I think really? it's dangerous. I think the idea of unicorns is rather dangerous. Why? I don't get the point. Ah. There would be a lot more stabbings. I think <laughs> that would be problematic. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I think, um, what Ron, I think what Ron's touching on, though, it does play into the romantic side of, of exactly. the paranormal. Because there is a... I mean, th- I th- is, is that why uh, films like Harry Potter uh, is so popular with the magical creatures? Um, uh, you know, we do grow up believing in Father Christmas. We grow up believing in the Tooth Fairy. Um, I, is that part of our, our psyche? You know, do we have to want to believe in these magical, otherworldly beings and, and mystical creatures? Uh, mm. you know, I mean, I think I would differ slightly from Haley's answer. I would, I would love to see a unicorn and meet Father Christmas and have the tooth fairy leave money <laughs> under my pillow. Because I think you know, it, it goes back to the, the reason that I started um, investigating the paranormal. Uh, and hanging round in haunted houses, uh, it wasn't to uh, find out whether ghosts exist. It wasn't to find the explanation behind ghosts. Uh, that came le- that came a little later. The reason I went to haunted houses is, and still deep down within the core of me is the same uh, small child that that used to go to haunted houses because I wanted to see a ghost. I wanted to have that personal experience and that interaction. Yeah. And there is something quite extraordinary when you have an experience that you have no explanation for. I mean, most people would would say, you know, I mean, there, there are a handful of things that I've experienced that are very, very weird things. Most people would say, well, that's proof of a ghost. I'm, I'm not quite ready or willing to make that that assessment of what I experienced but those experiences are exciting and, and fantastic and it's that that unknown element and I, I find the unknown really really fascinating and that's why even though I no longer believe in ghosts when when it came to no longer believing ghosts believing in ghosts I still carried on with paranormal research because or ghost hunting or whatever um because that there's that element of of the unknown and um, mystery, and and that is, I think, really seductive. But I still think unicorns are dangerous. <laughs> okay. All right, I, I'll, I'll accept your answer on the unicorns. Okay. <laughs> there, if you go unicorn hunting, then the lesson is obviously is to take the ghost adventurer's route and and wear the body armor. Yes, yeah. the body armor. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, and the, ha- the aluminium flight too. cases would make excellent unicorn horn weapons. reflectors, I guess. Yeah, or weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I would love to see a unicorn just at quite a distance, maybe. You know, with <laughs> something separating me from the unicorn that has the big stabby thing on its head. I, I don't know. Ah, she has a phobia. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just see most the sen- danger in everything. I think most sensible people have got a phobia about being stabbed. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but yeah. they're animals. Animals. Not, 
lovable. Not by. Yeah. I don't think I'll... most people have a fear of being stabbed by unicorns, though. I'm probably quite unique in that that sense. But... <laughs> well, all I can say is you brought it up, young lady. Yeah, I did. That's my fault. <laughs> so, Moving so swiftly away from uh, unicorns. <laughs> So, Haley, you, you do your blog, blog, and how can people, uh, uh, you know, read this blog and, and learn more about you? Okay, my blog is called Haley is a Ghost, and you can find it at haleyisaghost.co.uk. And, yeah, it's just um, a blog where I just, I post mostly about the paranormal and skepticism. Um, I also sometimes rant quite a bit on there. Um, I've also got a separate website where I've got, like, um, the, like the case studies and things that I've done where there is no ranty blogs um, and that's um, ghostgeek.co.uk and that, that's completely separate from the blog because I found sometimes when I was ranting on my blog and then I had all the case studies it just looked really weird um, so there, there's two websites but Haley is a Ghost is the most active one The one I think uh, I'd like to also touch on is another project that you're involved with. Um, I think you actually were the institutor and founder of Project Barnum. Ah, yes, that was Um, me. Would you you like to uh, enlighten Ron about Project Barnum? Sure. Um, In 2011, uh, the British psychic Sally Morgan was accused by audience members um, at one of her um, Ireland shows, I think it was Dublin, I'm not sure, of uh, they alleged that she was receiving information via an earpiece. And there was a lot of shouting in the media about uh, Sally Morgan and what she had done and how terrible it was. But there was nobody really... Well, there were people, but there wasn't very much information out there about how psychic trickery happens all the time and it's a big deal and it's not like one one rare occasion that happens every now and then it happens you know every day and I really wanted to do something to to teach to teach people how to spot um psychic tricksters and so I set up something called Project Barnum and it's basically just a resource that people can use to to help other people or to help themselves learn how to spot psychic tricksters, what tricks um, fakers use, um, and also if they have been caught out by a psychic trickster, what they can do to maybe try and get their money back. Um, and it's, it's probably really important to point out that it's not... Uh, Project Barnum isn't about saying this psychic is fake, this psychic is fake, this one's fake as well. It's about saying, you know, Project Barnum and... Well, Personally, me too. I don't really care about which psychics might be real and which ones might be fake. I'm just quite interested in showing people how those that do use psychological tricks and aren't the real deal. This is these are the tricks that they use, and this is how to spot them, and this is how to make up your own mind about it. And I felt that was the best way to arm people against people who might be faking psychic ability so uh, I set that up in 2011 and it's been going ever since you, you know what's I, interesting Haley, can, it, sorry, 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 sorry if Haley could give the link for that Ron oh okay. yes it's um, projectbarnum.co.uk and, and you know what's really interesting Haley what you did is basically you applied uh, uh, ghost skepticism to psychics so you know it, if someone's a 
a paranormal investor or a ghost investor. They investigate a haunted house, and people have certain things going on. Then they look for explanations for those things. And basically, you have kind of applied that same logic to uh, psychics and saying, okay, we are applying these are some tricks that psychics use that, uh, uh, you know, affect their ability, I guess, or are, are causal of what they do. So, in other words, you, you might have a cold spot and you're saying, okay, that's the window open in the ghost thing, but you're saying, okay, you might have a psychic who's getting information, but did she ask you this? So, you're, you're applying yes. that same logic to, like, yeah, that's pretty exactly. cool, actually. I just, I mean, when the whole Sally Morgan thing hit the newspapers, um, there was lots of talk about it. And I remember having a, I think, I think it was of my colleagues or it may have been some friends and somebody just, we were talking about it and someone just said, so how do you know when a psychic is fake? And I was like, well, you know, I know that and all my skeptic friends know that, but clearly there are people out there who don't know what to look out for. And if we can teach people how to spot, um, these tricks, then it might just stop somebody handing over their money. Um, and obviously, I, I said earlier on that I'm not interested in whether psychics are real or fake. I am. I think we all are. We, we, you know, if people have these genuine abilities, then I want to know about them. And and I would love for that to become a provable, a proven thing. You know, um, I, I'm just not convinced by any that I've personally encountered. Um, but apart, you know. Before that, I'm more interested in, in arming people with the knowledge of how to spot if someone's trying to rip them off. I think that's more valuable than um, accusing people of being frauds. You know, I, I am so enthralled with the paranormal, with, with the unknown, with the unexplained, and I want to learn about it as much as I can, and, and I think i continually learning about it. But just in a lot of things, I mean, when I first started this, for instance, I thought mediums were all charlatans, and, and I no longer believe that. But uh, I, I will look into many, many things, but I will look into it. That's the thing. If I'm going to criticize something I want to learn about for Reiki, well, okay, what is Reiki? So I went and I took a course in Reiki to learn and understand how it works. Uh, you know, I get a lot of criticism because I, I look at some really strange stuff that people, most rational people don't believe in. Uh, the red light seance. I, I am going to do an extensive study on the red light seance now. I've been invited by the spiritualist church to document it, and we're going to document it, and we're going to look at it as what it is. Uh, I think that too many people are very quick, and we talked about this early in the show, to make judgment, okay, just because it's far-fetched, just because you don't believe in it, you still should look into it. And that's why we, how we acquire knowledge is by studying and learning. It's true. Um, I think that also on the, on the flip side of that, I think it was uh, Christopher Hitchens who said something along the lines of that which can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Um, and although that that is used sometimes to justify a very dismissive um, approach to paranormal claims or alternative claims, strange uh, claims. I think is also it also has an element of truth in it. So it's you know it's great to get out there and to explore these these ideas and and it's good to look at people's claims and not just dismiss them straight off. But um, you know that. There is a lot that we know about the world, and that you know the the laws of physics. I mean, obviously, the laws of physics um, change um, sometimes, but there's a lot that we know about how the world works that 
with that knowledge, we can then look at these alternative claims and say that, as we know it, that's not possible. And without the evidence to back that up, then but, it's, but again, it's not we're, irrational we're, we're to um, dismiss from, it. From the knowledge that we have, uh, for instance, if you look at different things from, like, for instance, quantum physics versus, uh, you know, our world, it's, it's different. I mean, you have to look at things differently. That's just, I mean, yeah. we can dismiss things, but we're dismissing them from the knowledge that we have. Acquired. Yeah, but you've just you've just thrown up there, Ron, the old quantum physics lifeboat again. Um, I know, isn't you know, that sweet? I love that. Yeah, it's that like it's like it, it's but because didn't Haley just do that with her little quote? I mean, she did the same thing. She did. I did kind no. of, yeah. It was yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but cheesy. you you th you in you threw it in as a life raft again for for hope and and you know hope for the believers um, that physics does physics doesn't understand. Well, most physicists, most quantum physicists, don't understand quantum physics quantum exactly. mechanics I agree but that you. but that doesn't mean to say that that's where ghosts are or that's what causes ghosts I didn't say people that, to have. I? no but a lot of believers throw the quantum physics that uh, well physics doesn't under we don't understand I everything agree there therefore well you're normally playing devil's I advocate <laughs> i think a lot of people um yeah i mean Quantum physics is very complicated and confusing, and I'm no, nowhere near even, an, you know, I don't even have an amateur understanding, really. Um, and But physicists are still exploring those subjects, but they take, I suppose you could say, baby steps when asking questions. But a lot of paranormal believers take huge leaps, um, and, and I think, you know, they, they don't have the justification behind the conclusions they then reach. Um I think I, I spoke, I once interviewed somebody who believed that we could all have multiple, um, like, past lives, so we could be living at the same time as our future selves and our past selves. Um, and their, their justification for that was some kind of quantum mechanics. And and as far as I know, there there isn't any evidence, even in quantum mechanics, that... Um, that we can exist with our past selves and our future selves, and well, and in, wait a minute, isn't there in quantum that, that two particles can exist can exist in uh, two different places at the same time? Um, no, no, it's yes. it's the yes. same particle can be in two places simultaneously, or two particles can be linked without uh, without Maybe. being in the same dimension necessarily. Uh, but the problem, actually, you know. Haley, you said that physics, physicists and physics moves in little baby steps. Unfortunately, if only that were true, because well, physics to, is... Well, they're, like they're guilty of some, of some howling leaps forward. Um, I mean, only this week we had the idea that uh, they've just finished doing some, some uh, radiometric scans of the universe, uh, looking for the, the sort of earliest origins of the Big Bang, and they've discovered some thermal anomalies. And out of... I, I don't know, out of uh, the wine bar, I guess, uh, one of the <laughs> physicists has now come up with the, this theory that what we're dealing with is a bruise on the outer edge of our universe where it's bumped into another universe. Right. Uh, and it's sort of become accepted. It's, it's shot round the scientific community. So, you know, it, it's not just... Uh, ghost hunters that make these that make these sort of strange leaps into the unknown. 
Well, no, I mean, that's, you know, that's science does that too by asking questions, but it doesn't use those questions as um, some kind of evidence that, you know, that the answer to that question is X, Y, or Z. And I think a lot of people do use that justification when trying to promote paranormal claims. Um, and, and I think that, yeah, I think it's a huge appeal to like, authority, I suppose you could say. Well, I hate to tell you this, Haley, but I just heard the doorbell. That means the pizza from the dead is here, so we've got to wrap it up. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Parsons, Ron Kolick. Our very special guest has been skeptic. I hate using that word for you. I think you're intriguing. Uh, Haley Stevens. So, Haley, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, It was great speaking with you. Uh, It's been great. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. I, I mean, I could see a future show where if you were interested in someday, we, we would take a topic in, uh, or, or, a, or a particular incident and uh, perhaps uh, discuss it. I think that would be intriguing. No, definitely. That sounds fun. Okay. So anything you would like once to give, give out your website so that we can plug those? Uh, yeah, just you could just find. Um, it's probably best just to go to HaleyIsAGhost.co.uk, and that's H-A-Y-L-E-Y, is a ghost. Okay, so need do I need to ask why you were at the orchestra? Oh, the um, opera? <laughs> I'm I'm currently sitting in the roof of a concert hall, um, and there's um, a, there a rehearsal for. Not that I know of, no, okay. but there's a rehearsal for opera going on downstairs, um, so I'm hiding up here, trying to, to get away from the, the very loud singing. Stephen? I'm sorry, I was looking out the window in the hope that a unicorn went past. Um, <laughs> I got his hopes up that. <laughs> and, sad, and sadly, Haley was absolutely correct, they don't exist, well at least they don't exist in West Wales tonight. Hmm. I, I've got no, I've got nothing to add, uh, Haley. It's been a pleasure because uh, I haven't had to be the the spoiled sports scap- uh, scapegoat for Ron tonight. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure for me. <laughs> no, it's, it's been great to, to chat, and um, I've just kind of revealed to all the listeners that I have the unicorn phobia. So that's that's interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'll be I'll be sending you photographs of uh, unicorns. So make sure you don't friend me on Facebook. <laughs> so it's time to wrap it up once again this is Ron Kolick and our guest is Haley Stevens and my co-host all the way from the UK in southern Wales or northern Wales or wherever the Wales they are yeah even pot so until next week time to wrap it up and say <laughs> good night and God bless From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. This is.